Welcome to Shoot to the Top, a podcast for professional photographers with web designer and marketer Sam Holland and professional photographer with over 20 years in the industry, Marcus Ahmad. Welcome to Shoot to the Top. Hi Marcus, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you Sam. How are you? Excellent. Yes, and today we have a guest with us. We have photographer Martin Hobby. So I think I will simply hand over to Martin and let him introduce himself. Hi, Martin. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Marcus and Sam. It is absolutely fantastic to be here. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, as you said, I'm Martin. I am a photographer, a general practice photographer based in uh, Holmes Chapel in Cheshire in the UK. Um, I've been shooting for 30 years this year. Um, I started when I was a teenager. My dad was a semi-professional wedding photographer as well um, in the 60s and 70s. So in the 90s, we started shooting weddings together, really. Um, and I haven't looked back ever since. I say that I have. I've tried to get out of it for the last 30 <laughs> years, but it seems like it's the only thing I'm any bloody good at these days. So I've stuck with it. <laughs> That's really interesting, Martin, because you're taking me right back because Holmes Chapel was where I went to school and my dad was a wedding photographer. You know, maybe even, you know, maybe even our dads were like, you know, competitors back back then. Um, I I used to go around and be the assistant. Did you know that? Well, I'm originally. Sorry. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd seen Martin from Holmes Chapel. Ah, I did not know that. So originally I'm from uh, sort of southeast London, Kent area. Um, Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's been up here for five years now. Uh, the wife, the, okay. the wife's so you... from this area, so we moved back up um, to be close yeah, yeah. to her family, and I love it. It's so much nicer than where I used to live. Cool. So you started out in the southeast of England with your dad. That's where the photography started. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it was sort of one of his friends got in touch, um, was getting remarried, and he said yeah, he hadn't picked up a camera professionally for for a few years. Um, he was still a keen amateur photographer, and he, he taught me the basics of it. I mean, I knew how to use a handheld um, sort of Western master light meter from when I was four or yeah. five years old, really, and manual cameras. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we shot his friend's wedding, um, and it went well. We didn't get a complaint. We quite liked the picture. One of them now sort of really proud of as well. Um, we were driving behind the bridal car and um, on the way from the church to the reception, and it broke down. Um, oh. <laughs> and I sort of said to my dad, like, pull up behind it. And I just jumped out, didn't have time to grab a light meter. I was just using sort of his Nikon F from the 60s, so it doesn't have a mm. built-in light meter. Guess the yeah. exposure, and I've got this cracking documentary shot before documentary <laughs> wedding photography was a thing of the driver tying the exhaust back on with oh. the groom leaning over, and you can see his reflection in the hubcap. <laughs> And then the bride's in the back window laughing. So, yeah, I'm actually, (laughs) most people cringe when they look back and see their early wedding photos. But, no, that's one that I'm still pretty proud of, really. Um, And, yeah, we shot a few weddings together throughout the 90s. And then he had the idea of photographing dogs and pets and puppies at dog training classes. Because we uh, we were sort of obedience handlers of dogs ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. My parents used to breed Shetland sheepdogs sort of when they were a, a bit younger as well. So we went along to dog training classes and we took pictures in the evening um, and then went back the following week with a load of seven by five prints and sold them for a fiver each. Um, and I was pretty much a full-time dog photographer for a few years as well. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. Excellent. 
So you went from the stress of weddings to, you know, the equally stressful trying to get dogs to do what they should do. But I guess if you're at dog training, maybe the dogs are actually behaving rather than running around in circles. Oh, uh, well, you, you say that. People take, their, <laughs> people, people take their dogs training because maybe they're not so well behaved. But I think it's, yeah. it's like anything. The, the old saying, never work with children and animals, but children and animals are always easy. It's the parents and owners that are a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, so ne- I'm quite interested as well, actually. Sorry, go on. You go, Marcus. No, Sam, keep on, please. Go on. You're quite interested, you're saying. I was going to talk about the move, because I, that's quite interesting, as I talked to a few photographers about that. And obviously, a move for a photographer is a big thing, as you're very much as a business embedded locally, aren't you? It's not like, you know, for me, my customers are dotted all over. It doesn't matter. For a photographer, you've got to get in your car and see them. Um, so kind of from a business point of view, what was that like, the move kind of in terms of your business? Um, it's been an interesting five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really plan the move. And of course, okay. I shoot less weddings now, but predominantly going back five years, my business was 50-50 weddings and the commercial stuff. And of course, yeah. weddings, you're booking a year or two years in advance. So yeah. Kent to Cheshire in 2018. And I had weddings down in Kent and London in oh, wow. 2019, 2020 even. Yeah. So, of course, after the move, it, it took me a while to get local clients. Um, I joined yeah. a local networking group, um, which, um, again, that's a slow build. It's not an instant fix yeah, yeah, for yeah. getting work. Um, but that really worked for me. Um, and I'm not a member of that particular group anymore, but I still do do face-to-work, face-to-face networking. And I'm a massive advocate of that as a self-employed photographer. I think that's fantastic, especially for well weddings and commercial. People, um, people tend to think sort of business networking groups are only for commercial photographers. However, I picked up so many weddings from it. And I very rarely spoke about the fact that I was a wedding photographer. It, it yeah. does seem that um, because you're a photographer, people just expect that you photograph weddings and yeah. christings and babies and whatever else. Now, I did used to manage a family portrait studio. So the one thing at the moment I don't shoot is family portraits. I've paid my dues at that. I'm not going, I'm not putting a toe back into those waters again, although never say never. Um, but of course, people just presumed I was a wedding photographer. So I go along, I talk about all the commercial stuff I do, and people would naturally say, oh, you do weddings as well. So I picked up I picked up weddings from it. So even if you're a wedding photographer, you're listening to this and you're thinking face to face business networking isn't for you. It absolutely is. Just because the people in the room are wearing suits and they're talking about business stuff, they're still getting married. They mm. still know people getting married. They've still got kids who are getting married. So, yeah, it can absolutely work. And also I was introduced to a couple of wedding venues and I was put onto their books, which really helped me being in a new area. Um, and picking up the wedding yeah. work at the time. So that was fantastic. Um, the other difficulty, of course, for my my move, uh, 200 miles, was um, I was just just getting my business sort of back to the level I was used to. And then COVID hit in 2020. And that, again, it wiped out weddings for all of us. Um, and it wiped out the corporate events that we were doing. Um, and also, I shoot a lot of headshots. And of course, no one was in their offices or no one had had a haircut for six months. So no one wanted their headshot <laughs> taken either. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Um, thankfully, as I've done so many things over the past 30 years, I kind of put a shout out on social media and started shooting more uh, product shots um, again, because I, I it seemed that a lot of people were starting home-based businesses and or making and selling things. 
So yeah. I did some product photography uh, during that time. And the other little weird niche I fell into was um, camper van photography. I think in about 18 months, I shot okay. nine or 10 camper vans. That's where people niche. it was yeah where people were doing them up and then either renting them out or doing them up for other people and selling them on it seemed a quite a booming business during the covid years um so yeah that was that was quite interesting as well really um and then i think well actually what are we now 2023 and i still sh i shot my last pre-covid wedding this year so that's how much of an effect oh, wow. it, yeah. it kind of had um it was a couple that yeah, they, they cancelled completely and then they got back in touch after everything was out of the way. And again, that was a wedding that was down south um, for, for sort of an old friend, an ex-photographer friend of mine. So, yes, yeah. I'm still travelling up and down the M6 <laughs> and the M1 uh, occasionally, uh, sort of shooting shooting work down in Kent and the southeast as well. So, Cool. So you were saying uh, uh, that, you know, you got obviously that's a very long career, uh, 30 years. You start off with your dad shooting weddings and then you've gone to doing family portrait photography. But I think looking for your CV, you, you did study photography as well. I did, but only because I couldn't do pottery at school. Ah. Um, <laughs> and that, that is the truth. Uh, my GCSEs, I wanted to do ceramics. I wanted to make plates. Like that old BT advert with Maury Lippmann. Oh, the world will always need plates. Um, yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to make plates, and and well, not necessarily plates. I wanted to do pottery, um, but wow. I was the only person in the whole school who wanted to do that. So they said, Martin, we're not running that class. Pick something else for your GCSEs. And I went, oh, all right, I'll do photography. Um, I mean, photography was the was the obvious option because again my dad being into it already. And I think me not wanting to do photography was a small act of rebellion against my dad at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I did, I did GCSE photography and then I went to college and did a BTEC in it um, and absolutely wasted two years at college. Well, I look back now and it's like, I had access to studio black and white darkroom. We had a color darkroom. Mm. We even had a Photoshop back in the, this was like 93. I went there. Um, and I just absolutely wasted it just getting stoned all the time. So, yeah, don't do drugs, kids. Study at college <laughs> and use the facilities that are available to you because lighting, expense, lighting equipment is very expensive. And have you always been a freelancer, Martin? Um, no, I, I tried being self-employed um, uh, between 97 and 2002. Um but uh, I didn't really have much business acumen. Um, and also, again, working alongside my dad, who had a full-time job as well, but he was really, he was giving me a massive hand and I'm forever grateful to him for, for helping me out with the business side of things. He was the person who actually got on the phone and booked a lot of the work in for us. Um, but then unfortunately in 2000, he passed away very suddenly. Um, so losing my dad and my business partner at the same time really hit me hard. Uh, that yeah. was a difficult couple of years after that. And I, I limped on. Um, doing the dog training classes and, and doing the odd wedding, but I really didn't know what I was doing, and I, I'd, I'd really had sort of lost lost my way. Um, so then, in two thousand and two, I decided I needed to to get a job uh, as in working for someone else. So I went to work for Venture Venture Portraits um, at a studio down in Kent, and then I was at Venture from 2002 to 2008, I believe. Um, and I worked my way up from just being a photographer there, and I ended up being the general manager of the studio. 
Um, and that experience was fantastic because it taught me how to run a business um, and the importance of actually it's not just about being a creative you need if you want to make a living at photography you need to know and understand the business side of things too um yeah. and venture and portraits, to there. Sorry. Venture, just maybe just to clarify for some listeners because venture are a high street chain of portrait photographers mainly family portraits that's that correct? correct yes yeah they um at their their peak they had i think it was 100 studios across the uk mm. um yeah. And they really raised the game in terms of the style of family portrait photography at the time. And also, I think they raised the prices. Um, Venture do have their detractors. And I find that quite weird from other photographers complaining that Venture were expensive or what Venture were doing. Because a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. Venture were out there okay. 20 years ago charging £1,000 for a wall portrait. And... They weren't putting anyone out of business because the type of people who were going to venture were people who could afford a thousand pounds for a wall portrait. So all these other photographers, instead of moaning about them, they should have just put their prices up. They would have still been cheaper than venture and they would have made more money. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, that was it with venture, really. And then I decided I wanted to I wanted to get out of photography. I'd, I got oh. to 30 um, and it was like, right, all I've ever done is photography. I want to get out of it. I want a boring nine to five job. So I went to work for a bank uh, at probably the worst time you could go and work for a bank, which was the 2008 financial crisis. Oh, oops. Yeah. yeah. Good, so, good time to start. Yeah. I've never, I've never had particularly good time in thinking about, thinking about <laughs> sort of, uh, the history of my business now, but yes, yeah, so I went to work for a bank um, just as an account manager in a local branch of, of Lloyd's. And um, I was there for nine months and I decided to resign on my birthday as a present to myself because I realised that the corporate life wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> I remember once I went in in a pair of zebra skin shoes and I got called into the manager's office and she said, Martin, what makes you think it's acceptable to wear zebra skin shoes in a bank? And I could not think of a single reason why it wasn't acceptable. There was, there was people coming <laughs> up to me right in to the me. banking hall, just like, oh, it's great to see someone with some individuality here. <laughs> but of course, working for a bank, they don't want individuality. They just want you to be a corporate bod. And that is not me. So, yes, I, I resigned. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I'd been doing a little bit of photography on the side again. Um, I bought my first digital camera, my own first digital camera. We were using digital adventure. But, yeah, I bought a Nikon D90. And I was... I'd, got back to doing a little bit of the dog photography again at the dog training classes. But I didn't really have any other plan other than that. I just knew I had to get back to photography. It, it That made me realise that it is, it's a calling more than anything, really. Yeah. Um, so went back into photography and um, I was just about to put in an order for like a thousand pounds worth of sample products and frames and stuff because I was going to go back to doing what I know, which was family portraits and things like that. And this was on a Friday night. And I thought, no, have a think about it over the weekend. That's a lot of money. Um, and I went out skateboarding on the Sunday night and I broke my foot in half a dozen places and I was in a cast for the next four months. So being self-employed, we're just gone. Again, technically, I wasn't even self-employed. I'd literally resigned from a bank and I had garden leave and two weeks holiday pay to, to kind of get me by. Um, so I kind of fell through the cracks. And at the time that was, that was pretty dark really. Um, just my wife was working, but we didn't have any money coming in from me at all. Um, 
but looking back, it was one of the best things that happened to me. It forced me to stop and absolutely reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. And okay. instead of doing the family portrait photography, um, I knew that I wanted to do a bit more commercial work. And I wanted to pursue the other passion of mine, which has always been music or listening to music. I haven't played in a band for many years. Um, so I made it a goal to kind of do some music photography as well. Mm. So I just started going to the local the local rock pub in, in Dartford where we were living and got to know the local bands and the promoters. And I shot some of the local bands live, ended up doing promo work for some of the local bands. Some of the local bands then went on to play at um, a heavy metal festival called Bloodstock. And I got a photo pass through the local promoter to go along to Bloodstock Festival. Um, one of the photos that I took at the first year I went to Bloodstock ended up winning me the SWPP event photographer of the year. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And it was also used by Bud's Bloodstock for their advertising campaign. So the following year I went back as an accredited photographer for Bloodstock. Um, at a similar time, I also bumped into an old an old friend who we used to hang around with in our teenage years. Um, and he was like, Martin, you still doing photography? I was like, yeah, I do a little bit of music photography, Russ. What about you? And he said, well, I'm the art director for Q magazine. Um, <laughs> so that was a really fort fortuitous meetup. Um, so he commissioned me for a Q magazine. So I ended up sort of shooting a few, few larger events. And one of the most, uh, well, the most amazing job I've ever had today, I think, was going out to... Uh, the Spanish Pyrenees Mountains and shooting a rave in a cave for Q Magazine. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I know it's probably not as glamorous as, as you, Marcus. You've been all around the world sort of photographing your jobs. But yeah, that, that was that was a real high for me. I really enjoyed that fun. one. Yeah, no, was, great magazine as brilliant. well. Great magazine that time as well, I have to say, especially for yes. photography. They used it very, very well. They did. Um, and I think they've... I, I saw a post recently, the Q Magazine is just being relaunched after... Oh. A couple of years or a few years hiatus. It's just coming back again. So yeah, it's just good to I've hear. Not done, it's, it's cool. Mm, I've not done yeah. music photography for a few years now. It was as my son was getting a little bit older, um, and he was more um, more awake in the evenings as he was sort of a, a toddler and stuff. It was like, do you know what? Instead of going out four or five nights a week photographing bands, I just wanted to spend a bit more time with him. So yeah. then I made the transition over to more corporate work. Um, and headshots and things like that. So yeah, that kind of roughly brings us up to date. <laughs> Amazing. It's quite interesting that uh, breaking your foot actually was really positive in a way, giving you that time to reflect and think rather than just, you know, automatically sleepwalking into what to know and carry on. It was, yes. I like to call it my Robert Johnson moment, but instead of meeting the devil at the crossroads <laughs> and exchanging my soul for the blues, um, I met the devil at the crossroads and exchanged arthritis in my less left foot for great <laughs> photography skills. <laughs> Very yeah, similar story. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> and so, as you say now, you're known really, uh, well, as I know you, for mainly for your corporate, your headshots and event work. But it's you know, it's really interesting to hear that you've done so many different genres of photography. You know, which is all adds to your skills. Yeah, um, one day I'll even be good at what I do, maybe. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it, I look back and it's like, I've done so much. Um, but am I more of a, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none? I don't know. But it, it, it does seem in recent years, or certainly the last 18 months, I am focused on, on headshot work now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a couple of health conditions, um, and my foot still hurts from where I broke it 14 years ago now. 
Um, so that is one of the reasons why I'm I'm slowing down on on weddings, especially full day weddings, because it, on the day I'm absolutely fine. The adrenaline keeps you going, but yeah. the day after my foot it, it swells up and I, I can barely walk the day after shooting a, a twelve hour wedding. Um, I've also got something called ulcerative, ulcerative colitis, which um, is under control now. Um, but when it's not under control, that can cause you issues if you're at a wedding because you need to know where the toilets are very quickly uh, yes. sometimes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy kind of talking about these things. It's like I think since I've been more open with my own my own health um, or my own health problems, I, get, I speak to other photographers or they get in touch, um, also suffering from something similar. Because I think things like this, we, we keep them to ourselves, we hide them away. Yeah. Um, and especially wedding photography, it is such an intensive workload. Um, yeah. because it's a stress lot... on the mind and the body and all sorts, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a fantastic day. Um, and it's the, like I say, the adrenaline just keeps you going. Um, but again, as we get a little bit older, we may not be quite so healthy. We spend a lot of our time in a sedentary position, just editing pictures. And then once a week, you're bang, you're out for 12, 14 hours. And that's not yeah. good on the body. So unless you're keeping sort of physically strong throughout the week as well, it can be a real stress. Um, so yeah, that's something sort of I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about with with other photographers now, and I'm I'm still coming to terms with it myself. But I think if I the more that people talk about our health issues, the stronger we can all become. Um, that we're not going through things like this alone as well. Yeah, I think that's important. And just photographers talking, as I think we've talked about this before, haven't we, Marcus? You know, you go to networking events, and there's other photographers there, and some people really say, oh, my God, my competition, they want me to do. Well, actually, a much better approach is actually these are people doing similar things to me. I can learn a lot from them. They can learn a lot from me. Let's have a chat, you know, you know, and build a community rather than go, oh, it's the competition. I must, exactly. I must, you know, move around and pretend they're not there. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, photographers are some of my busy, biggest referrers. Um, and I think when I made the move from Kent to Cheshire, I just joined loads of local um, kind of wedding groups or more photography, business photography related groups, not just your local sort of photography groups. Yeah. Um, and I made a point of just becoming known in those groups. And I picked up, excuse me, and I picked up second shooting work from doing that. Um, yes. And of course, that led on to then the photographers getting to know me so if they couldn't make a job they'd then refer work to me um and now in the cheshire area i'm the photographers that i've met over the last five years are some of my closest friends mm -hmm. and there's a little group of us now as well we meet up we've only met up once so far we've got another meeting planned for next week um where we just meet up we don't talk photography we talk business because again, yeah. we're all doing very similar work in a very similar area, but we can all help ourselves. Again, going back to that venture mindset of a rising tide lifts all boats. If, and we can help each other out through the various issues that we have in our business. Um, and it's a great referral network because again, if I can't make a job, I would sooner refer that work on to someone that I know and like and trust because yeah. then I know that the client is gonna look favorably on me because I've referred someone who's going to do an amazing job. And also the other photographer's going to go, Martin referred some work to me. I'm going to refer, refer some work to Martin as well. Um, yeah. And I think it's only a good thing photographers working together. Uh, of course, there's the odd people in the industry who do want to hoard everything. And I don't see the point in that because you never grow. Um, I get a lot of other photographers messaging me or in the 
the groups that I'm in, asking for advice. And I'm more than happy to share pretty much everything I know, because the more I share, that means or that kind of forces me to ref refill my own um the way that I do things. It forces me to learn more and come up with new ideas myself. If I've given everything away, it's like, right, everyone else now now does what I do or now knows what I know. So then it's I want to seek more knowledge to become better as well. So I think it's it's only a good thing that we share knowledge amongst each other. Yeah, amazing. Um, and I think we're kind of... Sorry, Marcus, have you got a... I was going to say the same as you. I think we're getting to the end of the show. Um I had a quick question, yes, though, maybe I, to finish with, yes. unless you do, Marcus, which was, I was going to say, given all this experience you've got, if somebody's starting out, if you had, like, one piece of advice, Martin, uh, what do you think it would be? Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, get to know other photographers. Um, or, do you know what? No, the okay. one piece of advice for someone, if they really are starting out and they're right at the beginning of their career and they're still quite young... Mm -hmm assist i never mm. did it and i oh, really I wish yes. i had yes. i really wish i had assisted a and i'm going to use the words proper photographer i don't mean someone like me i don't mean the local family studio i don't mean the local wedding photographer i mean go to the guys who are at the top of their game go to the guys for the magazines that you look through and you read speak to ranking speak to the, the people who really are at the top of their mm. game and mm. learn from them Yes. because they're at the top of their game for a reason and that is it's probably my i've got a couple of photography regrets but that is one of the biggest ones um yes. that i did not assist i yeah i mean i did cool. assist when i left university for about four or five years and he was one of the top advertising photographers in, in possibly in the world at that time um yeah and i, I still shoot with him in mind and my practice is based around everything I learned at that stage so you're quite right Martin well done for shouting that one out actually not often heard these days is it assisting yeah it seems it can be a job in its own right um I've got a couple of friends um who not so much now but even in their late 20s 30s they were pretty much full-time assistants and it it provided them with a career um actually I did I did try to start assisting just before I broke my foot and the only ah. phone calls I had from I did have a, I was laid up foot was in a cast and I had calls from these photographers I got in touch with saying yeah can you assist and I'm like uh. <laughs> no and again because I'd said no that first couple of times they never got back in touch again so yeah uh, that is a bit of a regret of mine Nice one. Thank oh, you. Well, it has been amazing speaking to you, Martin. A huge range of topics we've managed to cover. Loads and loads of interesting things. So thank you so much. There will be a little bit extra for Martin as usual. If you are a newsletter subscriber, you will be able to get the little bonus extra. If you're not on the newsletter, you can go to the website. We have a new website now, shoottothetop.com. Nice and simple to find. You can sign up to the newsletter there. And also Martin is on our Facebook group. And on the Facebook group, there's loads of other people who guests from the show and other photographers come and join us. Um, I'll put the link for that in the show notes. So thanks so much, Martin. Great to have you with us. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Um, I, I have to say as well, I, I, Marcus, I must apologise. I think that is the least I've ever heard you talk on one of our podcasts. <laughs> or say our podcasts. These podcasts. I was very interested and... in what you were saying there, Martin. I was in thought. It was very, very interesting. <laughs> very, you know, I can see a lot of parallels in your career to mine as well. So it's really nice to hear that. Cool. And Marcus, 
Marcus, I will see you next week. Yeah, next week. Next week it is, Sam. God, the time is flying, isn't it? Gosh. It is. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. You can like and subscribe on your usual podcast platform. You can find Sam and Marcus on LinkedIn and at websiteforphotographers.co.uk forward slash podcast. See you next week. Thank you.